To make a donation, visit biblicallycorrectpodcast.org slash donate. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. What resources do you really need for studying the Bible? Welcome to the Biblically Correct Podcast. Shalom, y'all. This is the Biblically Correct Podcast, teaching biblical correctness in a biblically incorrect world. My name is Kevin Jeffrey. I'm a Jewish follower of the Messiah Yeshua, Jesus, and I love teaching the scriptures. In previous episodes, we talked about the importance of reliable Bible translations and how the only way to get the biblically correct answer to every single Bible question every single time is to first ask, what do the scriptures say? Well, today I'm going to equip you with what you'll need to find out the answer to that question for yourself. And it starts with an introduction to the tools of Bible study. Now, regardless of how familiar or unfamiliar you are with Bible study, I really want to share my perspective with you on this because the way we use and approach Bible study tools is as important as how we use and approach the Bible itself. I want to make sure you're aware of all the tools that are at your disposal and that you understand that you don't need a degree or special anointing to be equipped to study the Bible. With all the resources that are readily available to us, there really is no excuse for not equipping yourself with the right tools for Bible study. Now, when I say Bible study, I'm not talking about attending a group Bible study or Bible study class, although that might be something you do. What I mean by Bible study is just the next step we take past simply reading the Word on our own. It's what we do, or at least what we should do, when we want to learn more about a topic or a question we have, and then look through the Bible to find out what it has to say. But the problem with the Bible, if you can call it a problem, is that the information we're looking for is often spread out and sprinkled in various places, which doesn't exactly make it easy to find. And that's where Bible study tools come in. They help us to navigate the scriptures so that we can readily and thoroughly research what the Bible says. Now, Bible study tools range from easy to advanced, and obviously, the more advanced you get, the more difficult it is to use the tool. And the level at which those advanced tools are used are generally not going to be necessary outside activities such as Bible translation. Not to mention, they do require sufficient knowledge or training in order to use them effectively and correctly. Misuse of advanced Bible study tools can generate all kinds of weird Bible interpretations. So while I'm going to cover this wide range of tools, I'm going to try to keep my explanations pretty simple. My goal here is mainly to introduce you to these tools and make some basic recommendations for how and when to use them. I'm also going to tell you how and where you can get some of these tools even on a budget. So it should go without saying that your first tool is a good, reliable Bible translation. In episode 7, I suggested that you choose a Bible or Bibles that are toward the word-for-word end of the translation spectrum, and to avoid Bibles that are on the paraphrase end. The closer you can get to the word-for-word side of the scale, you're already going to have a lot of the biblical data uncovered for you, and that's going to make Bible study far simpler and efficient in the long run. If you haven't yet listened to or watched episode 7 on Bible translations, that would be a great place to start in your collection of Bible study tools. Now, one of the ways we can study or research a topic that the Bible covers is to look for multiple occurrences of a specific word. 
And for that, we would use a concordance. A concordance is basically an alphabetical index of biblical terms, which lists the words much like you would find in a dictionary, but then provides the chapter and verse of everywhere the word occurs in the Bible. You would then use those references to locate each occurrence of the word so that you could read the word in context. A lot of times, concordances will also include a brief excerpt of the verse along with the citation to give you a preview of what the verse will say. So, for example, let's say you wanted to know what the scriptures say about forgiveness. You would go to the concordance and locate the entry for forgiveness, and there you would see all the occurrences of that word. Then you would select whichever verse you want to read, let's say Hebrews 9.22, then you would go to that verse and read that it says, and with blood, almost all things are purified according to the Torah, and apart from bloodshedding, forgiveness does not come. So now you know that forgiveness requires the shedding of blood, namely Yeshua's. Then you would return to the concordance and repeat as necessary. And that's how a concordance word search works. Many concordances can sometimes be found at the back of your Bible, or you can get them as a standalone volume. And these are going to be what are called exhaustive concordances, meaning they don't just contain the most important words or the most important occurrences of those words, but every single word that appears everywhere in the entire Bible. That's what exhaustive means. The downside of concordances, however, is that they're translation-specific, meaning if you see a word in the NAS Bible version and you look for it in an ESV Bible concordance, the word might not be there because the translators chose a different word. Or there might be words listed under forgiveness in an NIV Bible concordance that don't appear in the MJLT translation, for example. Concordances generally only work alongside the translation they were compiled from. And obviously, concordances are also language-specific, meaning you can only search for words in the language of that particular translation. In other words, since Greek and Hebrew words, the original biblical languages, can sometimes be translated multiple ways in English, when you search for an English word, you're not going to find all the occurrences of that underlying Hebrew or Greek word. For that, you'll need something else, which we'll get to shortly. In addition to Bibles that contain many concordances, you can also find what are called reference Bibles. A reference Bible includes verse citations in the Bible's page margins to reference other related passages. This is different from a word search as you would perform with a concordance. The cross-reference is a tool for researching a specific topic, beginning with the passage you're currently reading. There are at least a couple of different types of reference Bibles. One of the classic reference tools is the center column cross-reference. With this tool, the Bible publisher inserts a center column down the middle of the page that contains a list of the verses from that page. And then each verse in the center column is followed by a list of additional verses from elsewhere in the Bible that contain related topics. It doesn't give you a full preview of the related verses, but it's coded in a way to give you an idea of what you'll find when you visit those references. Any given reference may contain multiple topics, so you just match up the part of the verse that interests you with the indicated verses in the reference list, and it will lead you to where you want to go. Another type of reference Bible, which is the one I used when I first became a believer, was the Thompson Chain Reference. 
named after the man who developed the system around the turn of the 20th century. Thompson's chain reference also includes citations for related verses in the page margins, but primarily uses numbered subject headings. The suggested topic appears on the page next to the corresponding subject in the biblical text itself, and then that topic has an assigned reference number. You would then use this number to locate the topic in the chain reference index at the back of the Bible. The index includes a variety of information, sometimes just a list of verses that are pertinent to the topic, and other times even the full verses themselves. It also has a separate alphabetized index of topics, like the concordance, which you would use when your starting place is not from a specific verse, but when you want to know what the Bible says about a particular subject. So the Thompson Chain Reference has already pre-organized the topics for you to more quickly help you identify the information that you're looking for. Both of these types of reference tools are excellent for topical Bible study. They don't just get you to the initial level of what you're looking for, but also get you to related topics that might prove to be useful in finding the fullest answer to your question. The downside of these reference tools is that while they're extremely thorough, they aren't exhaustive, and being compiled and created by human beings, they aren't always accurate. They can sometimes suggest that a particular verse is speaking about a specific topic when in fact it's not. This mistake can come from doctrinal preconceptions. So while cross-reference tools aren't flawless, they're still highly effective for helping you to find out for yourself what the scriptures say. With a reference Bible then, especially one that contains a mini-concordance, you'll already be pretty well-equipped. You'll have the basic tools you'll need to do translation-specific word searches and general topical searches. These are often sufficient for substantial top-layer Bible study. But if we want to bypass the Bible translators and reference compilers and go deeper into the original biblical languages, for that we're going to need something that's called a lexicon. A Bible lexicon is a type of dictionary in that it provides the meanings of the original language words, but it's also far more involved than that. It gets into the science of the words themselves, the details of the linguistics, how the words are built, how they're related, and what they mean in their various forms and different contexts. There's actually a pretty steep learning curve when it comes to understanding and using a lexicon to its fullest extent. But for most of us, the entry-level usage as a dictionary and as an aid in word-searching the original languages will be more than sufficient. Many lexicons are also coded to the numbering system created by James Strong in his widely used concordance and both his Hebrew-to-English and Greek-to-English dictionaries. Strong's dictionaries are an even simpler version of a lexicon, providing basic definitions and etymological information, but without all the advanced information found in a normal lexicon. Using a lexicon as a dictionary is helpful because it can put the translator's word choices into perspective. The goal in using the lexicon is not necessarily to reinterpret the words for ourselves, but to get a better frame of reference for how those words are used. Whenever we read something in our English Bibles, we read it from our own existing frame of reference, even though the words can also mean something different than what's in our heads. So instead of assuming what the translator meant by using a certain word, the lexical definition can help to reframe it for us and cause us to retranslate it if necessary. Lexicons are going to come in two volumes, one for Hebrew and one for Greek. 
One of the major downsides of a physical copy of a lexicon is that unless you're familiar with the original languages, you're going to be pretty much lost. There's also a ton of information under each entry, so it can make a lexicon seem incredibly inaccessible. Lexicons are going to also have a numbering system, so there is a way to more readily find what you're looking for. But again, now we're getting into some super advanced study. Personally, I stopped doing my main Bible study only in English a long time ago, but not because I'm a master of Hebrew or Greek. I stopped because every translation is different, in addition to being the works of men, and searching the original languages with the help of a lexicon resulted in more thorough, well-rounded research. But even though I have physical copies of lexicons on my shelf, I never use them, because we live in a glorious age for Bible study, through the development and proliferation of digital Bible study resources. Digital Bible tools include Bible programs for your computer or apps for your smart device and are by far the easiest and most efficient tools for studying the Bible. Depending on which program and modules you use, you can have an entire library of Bible study resources all in digital form, all easily searchable and cross-referenceable, completely replacing every physical copy of every Bible tool you own. When it comes to reading the Bible, I personally find that there's no substitute for a physical book. It creates a connection between you and the Word that a digital device never can. But when it comes to studying and searching the Bible, I go straight for my digital resources without a second thought. One of the most useful aspects of Bible programs is that they come out of the box with multiple Bible translations. When I'm studying, I always have at least six English translations in front of me, in addition to the Greek and Hebrew text. This, of course, is much easier to do on a computer screen than a handheld device. Displaying multiple translations is helpful because I can see at a glance where the translations differ, and it alerts me to translation choices that might be important for me to notice. It's also good practice in general to consult multiple reliable translations because no one translation is perfect, and sometimes one translation can reveal something that others have inadvertently concealed. But the greatest part of Bible programs is the ability to do really fast and thorough word searches, and depending on the program you're using, the ability to search the original languages. So, word searching in a Bible program in English would be the equivalent of using a concordance. It shows you every occurrence of the word in a list of verses and, depending on your settings, a partial or whole verse for context. But as I've mentioned, searching the Bible in English can only get you so far, especially for translations that are further removed from the word-for-word end of Bible versions. A single word in the original language can be translated in a variety of ways, depending upon how the translator decides it's best to convey an idea. Being able to peek under the hood of an English word and then search the Greek or Hebrew word that we find there can suddenly reveal that word in places that we were previously unaware of. This is important because if we're only reading in English, we're at the mercy of the translation. Searching the original languages gives us much higher confidence that we're seeing all the pertinent biblical data related to a specific word or topic. And only when we have all the biblical information can we then be sure that we're drawing well-informed conclusions. And the best part about it is, with Bible software, 
you don't need to have a thorough knowledge of Hebrew or Greek in order to make some use of those features. Once the search parameters are entered, all the information you need from the results, that is, the definitions and the content of the verses themselves, are all in English. The original languages will also be displayed, but if your goal is simply a thorough topical search, then there's no need to delve too deeply into the Hebrew or Greek. Bible software and apps range in prices from free to expensive, and of course, you get what you pay for. But I think I've found some decent solutions for you to help you get started. The obvious place to begin is with free Bible apps for your smart device, such as YouVersion, Olive Tree, or Accordance. The free downloads are going to contain multiple Bible versions, as well as basic English word searching capability, among other features. In preparation for this episode, I tried out YouVersion, but the search feature doesn't seem very robust. By comparison, Olive Tree not only has a good search feature, but it also has a study feature, which is their limited version of a cross-reference. Olive Tree and Accordance also have additional modules that you can purchase to upgrade your app if you want more features. So one of these apps or another like it should be a good place to start for basic Bible software features. I personally use Olive Tree on my phone. I also went looking for some options to recommend to you for more advanced Bible study, specifically the inclusion of original language lexicons and the ability to search in the original languages. There are several online options that are surprisingly now behind a paywall, but I did manage to find a free resource that looks like it should work pretty well, and it's called Blue Letter Bible. They have an app as well as a website at blueletterbible.org. And while the site is pretty dated and somewhat clunky to use, it appears to have all the necessary tools to do some really good Bible searching, especially in the original languages. So for a free option, this looks like a pretty good one. For professional Bible software, I wish they were still making Bible works, which is what I use. But since they closed their doors a couple of years ago, I'm going to recommend Accordance, specifically their Greek and Hebrew learner collection. I've downloaded their basic app, and chatted with their support, and based on that experience, I think this should be a great option. When you buy their software, you can use it on both your personal computer and handheld smart device, so it's pretty versatile. The add-ons can get super pricey, but for the Bible study purposes that I've mentioned, you can get the job done with this collection, which at the time of this recording is $199. That's actually a pretty modest price for original language lexicons and searching capability. Basically, any collection that they have that contains the GNT28-T and HMT-W4 modules are what you'll need, but this collection is the least expensive. You're welcome. So, concordances, reference Bibles, lexicons, or a Bible software that contain those tools alongside reliable Bible translations are, in my opinion, the only resources you need for good, solid Bible study. Generally speaking, you should do just fine if all your Bible resources are digital. However, in case of EMP or the collapse of Western society, it might be helpful if you have physical copies in your library as well. I also want to mention another resource that I use, but not quite as often as the others, which is called an interlinear Bible. An interlinear Bible contains the original Hebrew or Greek texts with the receiving language, such as English, printed in parallel in between the lines of the original language, not side by side, but in between. 
the English words are then lined up beneath their corresponding Hebrew or Greek words. An interlinear Bible contains the purest word-for-word translation, since it doesn't take English sentence structure or syntax into consideration whatsoever. The goal of the interlinear is simply to show the translated words in parallel with the original languages as a point of reference. Interlinear Bibles come in separate Hebrew and Greek volumes and, of course, are also available in electronic form, although this is one resource where I prefer the physical copy. The last thing I'd like to briefly cover with you are Bible study resources that I recommend you use sparingly, if at all. In my mind, these cross a line from tool to teaching and therefore have the potential to negate the effects of pure Bible study with extraneous or even false information. I'm planning a future episode about using secondary sources for Bible study, but for now, let me just quickly mention three of them. The first two are Bible dictionaries and commentaries. While Bible dictionaries are topical, generally including long articles full of background information, as opposed to concise definitions as found in a lexicon, commentaries are resources containing many articles that correspond to specific Bible passages or verses. While both dictionaries and commentaries can have their place and may offer useful biblical insights and background, they're hardly authoritative, and so, just like with any teaching, you need to consider what you're consuming. Just keep in mind that these are still another person's thoughts and ideas, on par with any given teaching or article or podcast. They're not special just because they're labeled dictionary or commentary, and they're only as reliable as the teacher presenting the material. And the last resource I want to mention is study Bibles, which I'm really not a fan of. Study Bibles are extremely convenient, and they include commentaries and other information directly on the page with the scriptures themselves. And that's what bothers me so much about them. Presenting the added material in this way by embedding it directly among the words of Scripture, I believe it gives a false impression as to the truthfulness, accuracy, or authority of the added material. Regardless of any good intentions, the real-world outworking of the study Bible is going to be people adopting the ideas of the added material rather than relying on the words of Scripture themselves. If a publisher wants to print a Bible with a lot of extra information, at least put it in the back of the book, where the reader has to make a minimal effort to find it, rather than it automatically intruding on God's Word and effortlessly imposing itself on the reader with unofficial and unauthoritative ideas. Having chapter and verse, cross-references, and very brief footnotes are the extent of what I personally feel is appropriate for a page in the Sacred Scriptures never the pure ideas, opinions, or thoughts of men. So, where it comes to Bible dictionaries, commentaries, and study Bibles, be careful and use sparingly, if at all. Your first and main resource should always be the plain, pure word of God. The prophet says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, The grass will have withered, the flower will have faded, but the word of our God will stand forever. Never before in history has God's Word been so accessible, approachable, and understandable because of the incredible work of those who've prepared, printed, and now made widely available in digital format the tools for helping us answer the question, what do the Scriptures say? With a good Bible translation, a concordance, a reference Bible, and a lexicon, 
or Bible software that has all those things, you will have everything you need for studying the Bible. There really are no longer any barriers to being able to find what we're looking for in the scriptures, and no excuse for not being familiar and equipped with these important tools. Don't just be a consumer of other men's materials, relying mainly on the labor of others. Only the word of our God will stand forever. And the time is now to put those Bible tools to work. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Biblically Correct Podcast. If you like this teaching and want to see us make more, then we need your help. Visit our website at biblicallycorrectpodcast.org to support the work of Perfect Work Ministries and MJMI with your much-needed donations. And of course, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, and ring the bell to receive notifications whenever a new episode is posted. If you have any questions about this teaching, or if there are any other topics you'd like to see me cover, leave me a comment or shoot me an email at kevin at perfectword.org. That's kevin at perfectword.org. Until next time, remember that every scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for refuting, for setting a right, and for instruction that is in righteousness, so that the man of God may be fully equipped, having been completed for every good act. Shalom. Shalom.